This show is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're starting a show, I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Slab Talk. I'm your host, Amil Sarfani, and this is my sports card show. I appreciate y'all tuning in today. Uh, We've got an awesome guest joining the show, one of the hosts of the At Card Talk pod. Follow them. Give them a listen. I've been diving into the Card Talk pod uh, content a lot more recently and really enjoy what you guys are doing there. We've got Lou Janot. Uh, uh, joining us, follow him at Card Flipping at Card Talk Pod. Lou, thanks for joining, man. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I one of the favorite, one of my favorite parts of of producing content um, is the ability to kind of have these types of conversations with other collectors and other content creators. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for joining the show. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, I randomly came across, when did I, I DM'd you a couple weeks ago, right? I saw a video, I was watching one of your videos and I was like, oh, these are really, really good. Um, and so I've been watching a ton. And then I think it was your producer who hit me up and was like, yeah, like, come on, slot. I'm like, hell yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that one lined up really well. Uh, I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And, and, uh, uh, what you and Tyler and Ryan got going on at car talk pod is just a lot of fun. So, um, you know, I want to kind of jump into it by just first uh, introducing the audience to to you and, and your collection and your background in it. So if you mm-hmm. could talk a little bit about when you kind of got right, you know, back into the hobby kind of full time uh, and then how your collecting journey has has, tra- you know, transitioned throughout that time and where you are today. What sports are you invested in? What other categories like Tijin Hall of Fame guys? Uh, that's when we saw the seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars sale for the nineteen eighty six Michael Jordan Fleer in a PSA ten, um, and since then, so we're about two months removed. Uh, we've seen decent corrections come back, uh, bringing those cards down to earth a little bit. Uh, still very much higher than their previous floors, but we've seen corrections across the board for all their main flagship rookies, right? And you've seen that with Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, Kobe, LeBron, Tim Duncan, Shaq, even Magic, other, you know, Larry Bird, all the cards I've seen a bit of a correction, which is good. Again, it's healthy uh, because it gives people an, a new level to get in at and a new buying opportunity, uh, which is good for healthy markets. So again, we're two months removed from that. Uh, and we haven't seen a lot of the stars that are currently playing in the NBA uh, see any real run-ups in their price. So we've been kind of in this uh, two-month buying opportunity, buying window for either uh, the the correction that's happening on the vintage and 90s Hall of Fame guys, or if you're getting ready for the playoff push uh, before the run-ups happen for a lot of the guys that will see that happen in the next couple of months. Um, and so I think today's a really good time to be talking about it as, as I think there's a lot of opportunities everywhere in the card market. Today, we're going to be focusing in on 
the uh, the NBA and the current players of the NBA. Uh, but don't forget, there's a lot of opportunity with uh, the guys who've already retired and are in the Hall of Fame. So keep looking in that area. But today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the NBA and the current players. Um, with that being said, I kind of want to talk about the headlines that are absolutely driving uh, all the hype that we're seeing for some players and also uh, really affecting the card hobby and where people are, are are feeling confident or not feeling confident, right? And so the NBA storyline that I think is dominating right now is that the fact that the Nets look really good. They've really beefed up their team after the post-trade deadline, adding guys like Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge uh, and even Vince Carter, I think, joined the team. I don't know if that's an April Fool's joke or not, uh, but I saw that somewhere as well. But anyway, the Nets are are looking great without Kevin Durant, uh, and they are the clear-cut favorites coming out of the East and even to win the championship right now. Uh, I think they are the odds-on favorite, um, and it's reflected in the card prices uh, that we'll talk about. Um, but with that being said, although the East seems like it's a Nets conference to lose, the West seems absolutely wide open uh, with no clear-cut favorites. I think that the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns being at the top, uh, I, I think we're going to have a seed in the playoffs. I think that's the attitude people are going to have with those two teams. Uh, with the Lakers experiencing a ton of injuries right now, um, I think that there's this feeling that the West feels fairly wide open right now, which is why we haven't seen anybody in the West really take off, especially from a card standpoint, other than Nikola Jokic, uh, who was the um, the surprise overperformer of the year, I, I would say, along with Joel Embiid. Um, but let's get into uh, the actual opportunities that I see in the card market. And if you're going to be uh, investing in for the playoff push, Let's talk about it. I think it's a really fun time to be doing that. Um, a couple caveats that I will make before I get started is, uh, one, um, I'll be talking mostly about the flagship rookie cards, like the Topps Chrome, the Prism Silvers, the main cards of those players. Uh, now, obviously, there's a whole side of every single one of their markets that has lower pop options, different sets, different brands that hold different types of values. Uh, that requires a lot more research, but for simplicity, we're going to be talking about their flagship rookies and what's going on with those prices um, as we get into it. Um, the other caveat that I will make is that I am a uh, I'm a collector and investor myself, and I do mod I do buy in modern basketball. So I will tell you and be very transparent and upfront with you where I have my current buys. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt, and I'll be very transparent about it. Uh, but this is the the fun I have, so we're going to talk about it for sure. Um, all right, let's get into it uh, with the NBA post NBA trade deadline landscape uh, as I see it uh, today on April first. Uh, we're going to start out with the East, e the Eastern Conference first, because I think it's actually more simple than what the West looks like right now. Um, and you got to start with, uh, I think, the, uh, the, you know, the East right now, the way it looks is that you have the Brooklyn Nets uh, sitting atop the conference right now. Uh, and it's a three-team race for the number one seed right now. And it's Brooklyn Nets at the number one seed, Philadelphia 76ers in the second spot, and the Milwaukee Bucks in the third spot. Milwaukee's number three, uh, two and a half games back of the number one seed. And after that, you have a huge drop off for the four through 10 uh, playoff seeds or the four through 10 seeds in the Eastern Conference. Um, so let's start with the number one seed. Let's start with Brooklyn. 
you know, I do think that Brooklyn is probably is is the favorite to come out. They look really good. They have all the firepower. Defense is still a question mark for that team, but with the amount of offensive firepower they have, I don't think it matters. Uh, it, Harden's playing at an MVP level, and he's carrying that team. Uh, you know, I think the main question for them is health. Kevin Durant, is he going to look healthy when he comes back? They need him to win the championship, uh, and him having a lower, uh, you know, body injury with the hamstring right now isn't great to see he's also been out for a month month and a half i believe now um, which is starting to get concerning uh and so you know that's where i would be a little bit concerned with the nets uh and you've already seen the the hype of the nets being the odds on favorite reflected in the card prices for kevin durant james harden and kyrie irving so as you can see uh on the screen you've got the 2007 Kevin Durant tops Chrome in a PSA 10. Over the last six months, that card has already seen a 160% increase. Uh, it's actually seeing a bit of a correction in the last couple weeks um, as we kind of get ready for the playoffs uh, and as his injury concerns continue to be a topic of conversation. Um, and then you have James Harden, the 2009 tops in a PSA 10 uh, that you can also see. That card over the last six months has seen a 505% increase over that time period. Uh, which is nuts. I mean, he is playing that way. I think that's a function of both, not only uh, a shift in the fact that he got traded to a new team, but it's reflective of a huge narrative shift that we're seeing with James Harden. Um, I've already sold some of my James Harden after the run-up. Uh, I currently own one James Harden tops PSA 9. I also do own some Kevin Durant. Um, but where I lie on these three guys, uh, and then you have Kyrie Irving which in, for his 2012 Prism in a PSA 10, which has seen a more modest 93% increase over the last six months, which is reflective of him being viewed as kind of the third star on that team, I think. Um, now, I will say with all three of these guys, this comes back to a kind of a rule of thumb that I have when in buying sports cards is that once I see a card in, in a three to six months span two or three X, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to hold because at that point you're asking for the player to come through. And most likely those prices for Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie have a championship baked into those prices already. So at this time, although I think that the nets are going to be coming out of the East, I'm not buying any more James Harden, Kevin Durant, or Kyrie, uh, just because I think their prices are a little too risky at this time of the year. So I'm a hold uh, if I haven't bought any of those cards yet. And if I do own those cards, I'm either, and if I'm not holding for the long term, like I've got a Kevin Durant card that I'm just going to hold through the playoffs, even if, uh, even if they do get far into the playoffs. Um, but if you're not holding for the long term, starting now, I think it's important to start developing a selling strategy for those three guys. Um, now let's get into the second seed in the Eastern Conference right now, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, here, I think the guy that you want to look at uh, is Joel Embiid. And surprisingly, this team, even without Joel Embiid, has been continuing to win games. Their defense continues to look good. They've got real players on that team with Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry uh, kind of leading the way there. Uh, they look really good right now. And, and without Embiid, they still are holding up just fine. I think that bodes very well for them, unlike last year in the bubble. You know, last year in the bubble, I made a Sixers bet. I made an Embiid bet that failed miserably uh, and have learned my lesson from that one for sure. Um, but 
similar to what I think we'll we'll talk about with Nik- Nikola Jokic uh, in the Western Conference. Although I think the Sixers have a really good chance at matching up with the Nets and even potentially pulling off the upset, uh, Embiid cards have already seen a fairly large increase over the last three to six months because of his MVP season that he was putting together. So although you know you could be believing in the Sixers, I'm also not a buy on Joel Embiid right now. Even if the Sixers go on to win, um, again, I think that I'm going to use my flag, my, my rule of thumb here where if a card's already 2 or 3x in the last 3 to 6 months, I'm just going to hold. It's too risky for me, uh, and I'm going to let other people make that buy. Uh, but that's what the landscape looks like at the top of the East for those two teams, uh, with the third seed uh, being the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are a very, very interesting team, and especially from a modern kind of basketball play. Uh, this is the first place where I think is worth a shot if you're going to take a shot on any star that's going into the playoffs is Giannis. Uh, Giannis uh, cards have been pretty stagnant over the last six months based basically because uh, I think people are just kind of have some Giannis fatigue. His numbers are insane. He's putting up yet another MVP level season. Again, I don't think Giannis is going to get the MVP, uh, but do I think that they could be putting in putting together a really nice finals run? Yeah, I really do. He's gone through the hardship of losing in the finals. He knows what that feel like feels like. All great players go through that. Uh, and I think that the Bucks actually look different than last year with the addition of Drew Holiday. Uh, they're using uh, Giannis a little bit differently uh, as a screener and in the post. I like what they're doing there. They're not having him just plow into the paint from the top of the key the way they were relying on him a lot last year. Uh, and so I think with a little bit of adjustments on their offensive end, uh, plus the fact that they are kind of putting together a nice run right now and Drew Holiday's healthy and he's getting better, uh, I think that puts Giannis in a really good position to experience a nice run-up during the mo- during this playoff push. I have some Giannis, so take it with a grain of salt. Now, I put my money where my mouth is. I think that Giannis is a good play, so I bought some Giannis over the past month. I really made one big Giannis play with it being the uh, BGS-10 of his uh, prism. Um, which is the play that I make. I also have a couple uh, Panini Hoops cards, uh, the gold in a PSA 10, and and one of his hoops in a PSA 10 is base card as well. Uh, I also love the select option for Giannis. Um, But I think that that's a good play. I do. Uh, I think that they're going to be getting the narrative bump. Again, everything with sports cards is about predicting narratives uh, and predicting hype. And I think at some point during the postseason, It really only takes one series for them to come through and look really strong for what I think will be the inevitable. Can Giannis upset the Nets? And if he can, that sort of hype train of of what that will do to his prices, I think will be really, uh, will be a really good bet. Again, I've made that bet myself, so we'll see how it plays out. Now, I think that the Eastern Conference is those three teams. I'm not really putting money anywhere else in the Eastern Conference right now. Again, because this is a risky time to buy, I'm only sprinkling. I'm not pouring, uh, and I'm and I'm going to choose teams that I truly believe have the ability to capture the NBA attention. Um, I'll make some honorable mentions here. You know, I think that the Miami Heat looking good. They are in the five seed right now behind Charlotte. They're about nine games back from the one seed. Obviously, I think that they're going to end up as the four seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. And if you really believe in Jimmy Butler, which 
He is a, one of the few guys in the NBA that gets better in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's an interesting place to put, um, uh, you know, put some funds is a potentially a Jimmy Butler play, but he's not a star and he is not necessarily, uh, he, he's not a superstar. He is a star in the NBA. He's not a superstar. And I don't personally believe that they're going to get past the Nets, the Sixers, or the Bucks. So I think it's an interesting play, and I think that he'll potentially get some hype. But again, with I think how strong the top of the Eastern Conference looks right now, it's going to be hard for the Miami Heat, even the Boston Celtics, uh, which is the Jason Tatum conversation, um, to really get that sort of hype that helps their prices. Let's move on to the Celtics. I think that they're the only other team that have a guy on their team that can put the team on the back and actually be the best player on the court during a seven-game series, which is Jason Tatum. They've also got Jalen Brown. Uh, I think it's a really good duo, but that team looks off this year. Um, with Kemba not playing that well, uh, I think it's really hurting them. They've added Evan Fournier after the trade deadline. I don't think that makes enough of a difference. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, I think that makes... Tatum right now, either a, uh, like a hold if you're holding Tatum for the long term. Uh, but I think his prices will stay where they are, maybe go up a little bit if there's a run up. Uh, but I think there's going to be a better time to be waiting on Jason Tatum. So right now I'm honestly a hold or a sell on Jason Tatum until later, or if you're buying him, understand that you, you're doing it for the long term, uh, with that mindset in mind, just because I think that the Celtics don't, I, it doesn't look like their year. And I'm going to take kind of what the Sixers looked like last year, which is they have a lot of talent. They, they, they've they got the coach. They've, they've put pieces together, uh, but they didn't put it all together. Uh, and, and, and they didn't seem right all year last year. And sure enough, they came in after the bubble and absolutely failed after that uh, and, and looked really bad. I think that something similar could happen with the Celtics where they just don't feel good. They don't look good. I think Tatum and Brown really have to improve as playmakers to take that team to the next level, but they're still really young. So ha- to have that expectation this year, I think is probably a high expectation for them. I would not be buying Tatum with that expectation in mind. I'd be buying him if I am buying him right now with a long-term view of it. Otherwise, I'm just a hold or sell on Tatum right now. Um, Let's jump over to the Western Conference because I think that's really where there's a lot of different ways you could take your your buys right now heading into the playoffs. Um, So let's start with the top of the West uh, with the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. You know, I think it's pretty awesome to see these two teams at the top. You know, the Phoenix Suns story is just insane. Uh, insanely cool after adding Chris Paul and activating Devin Booker. Uh, De- DeAndre Ayton looks okay. He still could play a little bit better. Uh, but that team is number two, and they look strong, uh, and they look good coming into the playoffs. The Jazz as well have played very, very well all year long with an insanely good defense. Donovan Mitchell looks really good right now. Mike Conley looks like the old Mike Conley. Uh, and I think they're getting carried by the fact that they have a, they've had their players available all season. I think that's helped them a ton. Um, so although I see them at the top of the Western Conference, I personally am not... I'm going to wait and see on the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. Now, if you're a fan of either one of these teams, I think that the Donovan Mitchell uh, buys his silver prism has already seen a bit of an increase. Uh, But I do think that if you really love Donovan Mitchell and you think that he's a superstar, which I think he is, I think the question really is, is it this year or is it it in the future? Um, But I do think that if you like the Jazz and you think that they're going to go all the way, 
Donovan Mitchell is an obvious buy then, if you believe that. Uh, again, I would I would be a little you know aware of the risk there that if they don't win, again, they're in a small market. Donovan Mitchell will see a really nice drop off if they don't win and, and his prices experience a run up in price. But I think the hype will get to the Jazz. I think they will be seen as a really strong contender. So I like Donovan Mitchell. If you're a Suns fan and you want to make a play, I think Devin Booker and Chris Paul cards are really interesting right now. Um, but I will focus on, you know, right now at the Western Conference, which which with is with what I think is the best uh, buy right now in the Western Conference right now, which is LeBron James. Uh, I think it comes down to the fact that the Lakers are injured right now. Uh, they've got Anthony Davis uh, right now dealing with an Achilles injury, LeBron James with a high ankle sprain. Um, of course, it's a concern. I'm not sitting here saying that the Lakers are going to definitely go to the championship. Their, their injuries that they're dealing with right now are for real and need to be taken into account. But LeBron James right now, I think people are a little concerned and they're too concerned. And what's going to end up happening is that LeBron will come back and he's going to look really good. And I don't think seeding matters to the Lakers. Uh, I think they'll at least get to the second or third round. Uh, and it only takes the hype of getting through that first round uh, to really help on giving that boost to LeBron James's prices right now. And the best thing that is happening is that LeBron James prices are dipping. So simultaneously before the before the Lakers go into the playoffs, and I think that they are going to get far into the playoffs, assuming health, LeBron James, this is the best buying opportunity you may have for a long time for LeBron, especially if he does come out and actually wins. Uh, I, I think you were going to look back and look at this time, you know, April, March of 2021 as a really good time where people got into LeBron James uh, or bought more LeBron James and really made some really good money going forward. I've added to my LeBron James collection. I obviously have a very large LeBron James collection that I am adding to right now in this buying opportunity. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's, you can't go wrong there. Now with Anthony Davis, I think that I also have made a play on Anthony Davis. Um, and so take it with a grain of salt. His injury is concerning. I wish it wasn't happening, obviously. Um, but I think he'll come back, and I think that once he hits the court, we'll forget a little bit about the injury, and we'll start seeing him play. And if he plays well, if he's got some big games ahead of him, which he will if he's on the court, uh, they need him to get to the to, to get to the championship round. Um, I think you'll see AD, whose prices right now are hovering right around two thousand dollars for a PSA ten, experience a very nice boost in prices. Um, so. I, you know, again, I put my money where my mouth is. I'm an, I'm a Lakers believer. I think that they'll be fine. I'm definitely concerned about the injuries, but I'm willing to take that risk right now because the buying opportunity is just too good. And I've got money in both Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Now, the other LA team sitting in the three seed right now, the LA Clippers have put together a very nice season. Quietly, Kawhi is having another very, very good season. Uh, and I think the Clippers are a really interesting team. Uh, their offense is looking good. They've added Rajon Rondo, who playoff Rondo, you know, did this for LA last year for the Lakers. Uh, he was the third best player on the Lakers last year through the playoff push. I think the Clippers need a, a, a voice in the locker room, a leader like Rondo. Uh, and I think they're going to benefit from him being on the court, especially because Kawhi and PG are not point guards. They don't want to be holding the ball or bringing it up the court. Um, that's pretty clear. And I think Rondo's uh, um, 
on the team is going to be really helpful for the Clippers going forward in the playoffs. So I have made two Kawhi Leonard Prism PSA 10 buys. I believe in them. I think that right now where they're sitting at the $2,500 to $2,700 mark uh, with two championships under his belt, Kawhi is severely uh, under... Uh, valued right now. And I think the piece of this that people come back to with Kawhi is that he's got no personality and therefore his fandom is going to remain really low. Um, I think similarly to James Harden, these narrative shifts can change very easily and people change and people think a little bit differently as time goes on. And guess what helps that narrative change? Winning or the perception of winning. And I think that Kawhi just like he did last year, and you saw a huge run-up in his price during the playoffs right before they lost, you know, excruciatingly to the Denver Nuggets, uh, I think you're going to see his prices receive a nice little boost, especially when the hype kicks in. Different from last year versus this year, the expectation on the Clippers is much lower. Last year, people really thought they were going to see the LA showdown Lakers Clippers go toe to toe. That didn't end up happening. But I think this year, there's a way more competition in the West uh, and you're seeing uh, that get reflected in card prices right now. Um, and so I think that the expectations being lower bodes well, actually, for Kawhi. So um, that's where I've made some of my plays as well as in the Kawhi uh, uh, a landscape, I think that's going to be a good place to put some money. Again, I have it. So take it with a grain of salt, not trying to pump it up, but, uh, I believe in the play. Now let's go into, as we round out the Western conference here, the real drop-off in the Western conference actually happens in the sixth seed. Um, and as you uh, may know with this year's playoffs, there's a play in tournament that involves a seven, eight, nine, and 10 seeds that will determine the last two seeds of the NBA playoffs. So the top six seeds this time are a lock where seven and eight have to play in to get into the playoffs. So I think people and teams are going to be fighting for that six seed. And there is a drop off in the Western conference after that, uh, where the five seed is Denver Nuggets right now. Portland is a six seed. Dallas is sitting in seven and the San Antonio Spurs at eight with the play in, uh, seeds with, uh, Golden State at nine and, the Memphis Grizzlies at 10. Um, I think out of these teams, the most interesting one right now is Denver. Uh, Denver did it last year where they got very far in the playoffs. So they have got that kind of playoff uh, experience under their belt with Jokic and Murray at the helm. Uh, Jokic is having an MVP level season. Um, and I think that the Nuggets adding Aaron Gordon is low-key a very strong move that's going to put them into real title contention. And I think you're going to see that over the next couple months, Denver's going to look really strong going into the playoffs with Jokic having an MVP level year. Uh, now, I will say, as much as I would like to bet on the Denver Nuggets outside of LA uh, Clippers and the Lakers, um, I think the Denver Nuggets would probably be my strongest bet after that, just because I love Jokic's game. Uh, Jokic, similarly to Embiid, has already seen a huge price increase from earlier in the season because of the MVP season he's putting together. Um, because he overperformed uh, and his prices have already gone up, I'm not going to be buying Nikola Jokic as much as I believe in the Denver Nuggets, just because, again, that rule of thumb of once a card is two or three X in the past three to six months, I'm just going to hold and look for other opportunities. But Jokic is awesome. I believe in the Denver Nuggets. I'm not huge on investing in the second or third star uh, of a team that may or may not go to the championship. So I'm not necessarily putting money into 
uh, Michael Porter Jr. I'm not putting money into Jamal Murray. I'm going to stick to either Jokic or nothing on the Denver Nuggets. And at this point, I'm not, I'm, I'm not investing in Jokic. Uh, so I'm a hold on Jokic or even a sell on Jokic right now. I would not be buying Jokic. Um, so I think that the other couple teams, again, the West is stacked right now. And you have the Portland Trailblazers and the Dallas Mavericks. Portland just added... Um, uh, they added a piece in, uh, the trade deadline here. Um, and I think, uh, they are an interesting team. They've gotten CJ McCollum back, uh, from injury and he's going off and playing very well. They've won the last seven out of their 10 games, uh, with a four gaming four uh, game winning streak. But again, their defense is a real problem and, Dame is absolutely insane, and I think he's going to have another big moment. He always has huge moments in the playoffs, one of the biggest, one of the most clutch players in the NBA. So I love Dame. If you want to buy Dame, I'm all there for it. His prices have also gone up a little bit, so I'm not buying Dame, but I love Dame, and I and I get a Dame buy right now. I, I If you believe the Portland Trailblazers, again, are going to the championship, you know, that price will see even more of an increase going in. We saw his prices last year, right before the bubble, go from like a thousand to three thousand almost overnight when they came out and looked really strong in the bubble. So that sort of hype can catch teams and help player prices a lot. The other last person I will mention before we go today is Luca. Luca again is putting together an insane season. The Dallas Mavericks are looking way better as of as of recently. Uh and I can see Luca putting a really nice second half run together to even potentially get himself into the MVP discussion. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but I think there's a, a world in which Luca goes off um, and his price is right now. So we'll look at his uh, silver prism and a PSA 10. You can see that his prices have been super stagnant for the past six months, but they haven't really dipped. They've been mostly sideways. Even his base prism has been mostly sideways for the past six months. Um, I think that gives you a decent Luka buying opportunity right now. But again, I think that Dallas Mavericks need a second piece there. That's not Kristaps Porzingis, which is the reason I'm not going to be putting my money into Luka right this second. Now, I own some Luka cards. I'm not selling my Luka right now. I'm a hold on Luka. I'm not a buy on Luka. Um, and if you need to sell, I would honestly, I would just hold Luka. I think that there will be moments in the NBA playoffs, again, where he goes off and he has got a step back three for, you know, game winner the way he did last year. I'm a hold on Luka. I think that his prices still have room to go up here in the short term and long term. I'm huge on Luka. The only other guy I'll mention here is Zion, who's putting together an insanely good season. If you're watching any Pelicans, which if you're watching basketball right now, like watch Zion. Zion is awesome to watch right now, playing super well. Clearly going to be a superstar in this league as long as he stays healthy. Uh, Luke or Zion, I got my eyes on for the offseason. Uh, that's the guy I'm going to make a play on in the offseason. His prices have already seen a bit of a bump, uh, especially his low pop cars that I'd like to get into. So I'm just going to hold on Zion, take all this data in. The team does not look that good. I think that they got, they're going to have to reshuffle the pieces there. But Zion looks really good, and that's great for the NBA and awesome for the Pelicans uh, and awesome for Zion. Um, I hope you enjoyed this NBA post-trade deadline uh, primer and landscape. I think there's a few opportunities here uh, going into the playoff push. Uh, good luck. 
Uh, be careful right now. This is the time where it's risky to buy, but it's a lot of fun to buy. So enjoy yourself. Have fun. Uh, follow me at uh, Instagram uh, at the Slab Talk. You can also follow me on YouTube uh, and wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate you listening. Um, please, if you do enjoy the shows, please rate, review, share it with your friends. It really helps me grow uh, the platform and I'm enjoying producing the content. So would love any sort of positive feedback here uh, on the on the YouTube show, on the channel, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I appreciate it and have a good day. Casual form of collecting. Like all my friends, obviously like my, like my close friends from home now are like obsessed with breaking. They're like, they're degenerates. They're gamblers. They hang out, (laughs) they watch sports, they go to the bar and like their way of being involved in cards is doing breaking. Right. Like they pop onto whoever and pay and they PayPal them 150 bucks. And then they're in the break. And it's like, just so you guys know, you're probably going to burn this money. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but there might be like a $4,000 Lamello in here. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want. You know what I mean? Um, so I think breaking is a really interesting way in, especially for basketball fans, because like you're saying, like fantasy basketball isn't really it. Gambling's kind of hard on basketball. And the easiest way in, I think, is breaking. And I think it's a good entry point for people to get educated about cards in general too. Yeah, the adrenaline rush of breaking is just... Yeah, you know, it's the it's, best. I love doing breaks. I've never gotten anything good out of a break, but it's so much fun. 100%. And that's that's healthy for the market. Like, there needs to be that aspect of the market. That's what keeps that's what keeps the energy and the fun of it all, right? It's harmless fun. No harmless one's getting fun. hurt yeah. doing breaking. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, very cool. Um, so I, I want to ask you because, one, I'm a huge fan of Gary V. You you know, I, I know you've been working with Gary V for some time. Um I, you know, my introduction to Gary Vee was in 2018 I, and I don't know why I found him. Like, I, I don't exactly know why I stumbled onto him because he's mm-hmm. putting out a shit ton of content. Probably why somewhere, somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, but at the time, my first business out of college, that was my first real big business had failed. Um, and I was going through a lot of like, I, I was just going through a lot of mental, I, you know, I lost all my confidence. It was very depressing. I was going through a lot. And then I heard Gary Vee talk about patience and, you know, taking, you know, giving yourself a break and allowing mm-hmm. yourself to kind of like, you're only 25 at the time I was 25 or 24, you know, when that yeah. happened. Um, and it was, it just connected. And my friends make fun of me because I'm a big Gary Vee fan, you know, I'm, I, you know, and Gary Vee fans, you know, get looked at a certain way because sure. they're kind of crazy about it. Um, but can you tell me just your experience with him and, you know, what, what do you feel like you're really gaining out of the, the whole experience? Because I, I'm just curious as, as someone who, as an outsider, a fan of his, how, how that, how that feels for you. Yeah. Um, so I've known, I, I don't remember if I said this on air or not. I've known Gary since I was like five years old. My dad, him and my dad did business together in the wine industry in New Jersey in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and so I've known him ever since we've been watching jet games together for a million years. He actually was part of the original crew that I was into baseball cards with basketball cards. I hope 2003 Bowman Chrome basketball was like, I've, if you can, if you were going to ask me if I've purchased what product I've purchased the most of it's purchased. It wasn't my money. It was my dad's 2003 Bowman Chrome basketball. Nice. Uh, we opened an uncomfortable amount of that every weekend, uh, looking for LeBron's, uh, and 
never got any, I don't think, because I asked my dad, I'm like, where are they? And he's like, I don't know. I don't remember having any of them. He probably just sold them at some point, but that was the original crew. Um, it was me, my dad, Gary, uh, Gary's brother, AJ and Gary's best friend, Brandon Warnke. Um, so I've known him since then when I was in high school, um, I was a horrifically bad student and going into my senior year of high school, I interned at Vayner when there was like 20 employees or something like that. Um, <clears throat> that was 2011. And then after my senior year or during my senior year, I applied to one college that I, I'm pretty sure I didn't get into. And I was like, Hey, um, I have to go back and look if I got into that. I, I wonder if I did. And I was like, Hey, like, can I come back? Like, what do you think? And he's like, yes, absolutely. Come back. Um, so I came back full time. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was like commuting into New York city to go to work. I thought I was like the coolest person on planet earth, <laughs> but I had no idea what I was doing surrounded by a bunch of adults at that time, uh, running, like who are working in this agency. Um, and so I've been there ever since I did a side project with Gary for like a year called Vayner toys, um, which essentially was like, it was an early version of like flipping, right. Mm. Uh, we would go to like toy shows and like Craig, we would like grind Craigslist all day, Facebook, like early Facebook marketplace, um, and like find old video games and old like action figures and like just flip on eBay all day long. Right. So we did that for like a year. Um, and then I ended up back at VaynerMedia and I've been back at VaynerMedia ever since, uh, I did about, uh, it was about seven years, the regular agency. Um, and then I was like, Hey Gary, like I need something new. I was doing like the classic, like account, uh, client service career path thing. And I was like, yeah, like this isn't really working out for me. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't doing, it wasn't like fulfilling me in the way that I wanted. Um, and so I started, I was like, listen, if I can come on your team, ultimately my goal was like to try to work closer with him anyway. Cause I've always felt that, uh, like I felt that I was like able to work with him and I, like, I understood, like understood no one really fully understands him, I think, but like understood his brain a little bit. Um, and so that helped. Um, and so I moved over there and I was on team Gary for a while. I helped do, uh, I helped launch his baseball card, uh, when he did his baseball card with tops, I did a little bit of work on like the shoe fit, the shoes that he released with K Swiss. And then I became a full-time assistant. So now I'm, uh, myself and Alex are the two assistants who run his day-to-day -day life across like VaynerMedia, VaynerX, anything, uh, that he does in the business world. That's my full-time job while doing the podcast on the side. Nice. Um, that's all so cool. And to be able to work with him, I think is, you know, I'm sure it's a really great experience. Is there something that you feel like you're, you're really learning from, you know, working with him so closely? Yeah. It's hard to pin down exactly what it is. Right. But, um, I am someone who never really like knew what they wanted to do. Right. Like I, 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 I still don't know what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, like my ultimate, like in 20 years, like people are like, what are you going to do in 10 years, 20? I have no clue. So the thing that this job with Gary has given me, especially now being an assistant and having more awareness of what's going on in the wider, like in, in the scope of his world is like context, right? So I'm exposed to all these different things. I'm exposed to cards. I'm exposed to the business side of VaynerMedia. I'm exposed, like all of these, I just see all of it. Um, and it's given me an opportunity to try to figure out what I like and I could like jump into something and see how much I like it. Yeah. 
before I fully commit to it. Hopefully I would hope down the line at some point, I will figure out exactly what I want to do. Uh, and I'll be able to dive into that. But in the meantime, it's been really good for me to like spread my wings and like test myself to see how much I actually enjoy something before I commit to it. Because I guess like I'm like everyone else who has this fear of like you jump into something and then you hate it. So that's what this has given me more than anything. You know, it's such a, it's, and it, and it really is a really great thing to have in front of you. Just, you know, having a, a work culture that kind of supports that and allows yeah. you to grow and find yourself. And it, it is honestly pretty uncommon. And as someone who has, you know, been part of companies, has tried to build companies, is currently building companies. Um, I focus a lot on, you know, work culture and trying to support people and trying to put them in positions that actually fit them so that they're happy doing what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of that comes from, you know, listening to Gary and, 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 and a lot of that comes from that sort of philosophy. So it's nice to hear that that's actually how it feels when you work. Yeah. It's actually like, it's, I am unbelievably lucky to like work for someone who I would consider to be like a very close friend. Like I just like, it's all like trust. And like, it's, it really like comes down to like, I just trust him with every ounce of my body to like, a, like we had a really good conversation last week about like my career and like my life and like what I'm doing and like where we're going to go and what, what he can do to help me get better and what I can be doing better. And it's like a really good, like honest, like back and forth, you know? Um, so it's really just all based on trust. It's crazy. It's funny to say, it's funny to say, and like here also, because it's also the only thing that I know. So yeah, it's weird for me. Uh, when I hear people who are like, is this like really how, is this how it really is? And like, is that really what he's, and I'm like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, this is just what it is, you know? Um, so it's, it's very funny to hear. Yeah. You know, I think the reason why people say that is because it, it's really honestly hard to find. So when you when, when sure. someone acts like that, or they say those things about their own companies, it's, it, sometimes it is a little hard to believe. Cause you're like, ah, you, you're probably embellishing a little bit or whatever it is. You probably, you know, are a little bit more confident about who you are. Um, you know, talking about Gary when you're out and talking about yourself, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, when I hear you talk about it and, and you don't know any better or know any different, it's, yo, that's awesome, man. Like good for you because it's, I'm telling yeah, you, I'm extremely healthy lucky. feeling, you know, and I'm sure yeah. that doesn't mean your life is perfect. You got no problems or anything, yeah. but uh, it's, it's, that's a good piece of it. I know like my wife right now just like hates working at her company. And like, that's not, that's a, that's a sh- shitty feeling when you spend eight hours a day or whatever you spend doing that you know it's fun like it's also not to say that like i don't have like day-to-day struggles with like work right but like of course yeah yeah it's uh it's good to be able to like again it just goes back to like being knowing like trusting wholeheartedly that this person like has my back is very good to have yeah and it's not about not having struggles or avoiding those struggles it's like do you feel like you can get through that stuff Mm -hmm. with the people around you and if you feel like you can I can guarantee you it's probably a fairly healthy relationship. And that's what's really like beautiful about it. Right. Cause yep. it's not about everyone's got their issues with everything that they're dealing with in their lives. It's just like, are you able to kind of feel like you can get through it uh, and learn from it and get better from it? And if you can, that's a lucky place to be. So totally. So I know he's been talking a lot about NFTs and there, I'm sure you guys at Vayner media have, you know, been introduced to NFTs in a really strong manner. Can you talk me through kind of how you're thinking about NFTs and specifically how you think about like something like Top Shot? And I know he's got this May 5th big project coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about NFTs and, and, and how you guys think about it at VaynerMedia? 
Um, I definitely can't speak for larger Vayner Media because I literally. You're frozen. There you go. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like I only have my little piece of the puzzle, so I definitely don't want to speak for like the whole company at large. But like, um, like for me, when I think of NFTs, it's like, <clears throat> like NFTs that currently exist is like the most early form of what the thing is, right? Like, there's a lot. There's number one. There's a lot of cash grabbing happening right now. There's a lot of like the like I said, the earliest 1.0 version of what it could be, and like a lot of promise for the future when I think of NFTs, right? So um, something like Top Shot is really cool. The part, I guess the part that like, annoy, I, I, I somehow have become the anti-Top Shot guy, but uh, <laughs> the, thing that, the, the thing that frustrates me isn't the right word, but like the thing that I feel like we're missing with Top Shot is like, it's so tied into the NBA. So like I have issues with the, like the the product is so tied into their deal with the NBA, I don't I don't see the long term of it. So like, and again, I know I know nothing. Like this whole thing is so like NFTs are so crazy to me, and like so it's so hard for me to grasp it because it is so early. Like I look at all these different projects every single day, and I'm like, what is happening here? Like what's actually good, what's not right? Um, but like, like uh, if if the NBA like doesn't renew their deal with Dapper, like aren't top shots irrelevant? Yeah. I, you know, and the, the fact that it's tied into the NBA is really fascinating because that's where I've kind of been like one, it just feels like a huge marketing ploy right now. Like it just feels like, cause massive, massive, right? Because it's tied into the NBA. So you have all these players and announcers who are talking about it. They're probably like maybe being coached to, you know, uh, you know, talk about it. Maybe I, I don't know, but because it's so tied in, it doesn't feel like it's genuinely capturing the hearts of people who are collecting it. I just, I feel like it's, it feels like a, it feels like a money grab. Like it feels like people are doing it for the money. And that's usually not a good indication of long-term success. If people are just doing it for the money. Right. I, I agree completely. Like it's like the, it's to me, it's what collectors talk about when they talk negatively about flippers. Yeah. 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 It's literally that. Cause I'm like, Hey guys, I'm not that it's that over there. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, so like, yeah, like I don't know anyone who's like, yo, I love my top shots. Yeah. Not a single person. People aren't flexing it really. Like I, I, you know, people are, unless you know. have, unless you have a crazy series one, right. Uh, LeBron dunk whatever LeBron dunk Luca. I think the first Luca's is like a layup, right? Like the Luca layup or whatever, or like a hollow icon series one, whatever. Like, of course you're going to flex those. Cause those are worth six, seven figures. Of course, those are the ones that people are talking about. Um, but for the most part, no one really like, yeah. I did my first top shot pack a couple weeks ago. That was exciting. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I think I'm kind of there with you on it. I, I, I have an account and I've tried to get a pack, but it's been so hard to get a pack that I just kind of lost the, the energy to like keep trying to get a pack. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's that specific thing. Like, I don't think NFTs are bad. I think that specific, or I don't think basketball NFTs are bad, or collectible NFTs are bad, or whatever. That specific one doesn't do it for me. Yeah. So like, and then the same way the tops one didn't do it for me either. Like, it's just like, it's not what it's supposed to be. If you're just taking a tops was like even crazier. It's like, if you're just going to take a pack and like 
just make it digital. What does that do for me? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I do think there are some interesting like benefits that come out of it. And it, I think there will be learnings for whatever it is and whatever, however it like transforms or if it, even if it does, you know, die in the future or whatever, if it doesn't work or whatever. Right. I think there are some interesting pieces of it. One, just to introduce people to NFTs and what they are, but two also like it's a world, it, it's way more worldwide because it's the transaction so much easier than shipping cards and sending it to wherever you're going to send it and, doing that whole thing, that part, that process of cards definitely can be laborious at times. And so I understand the benefit of having something more digital to like transfer more easily. So I, I see that kind of interesting part of it. Um, but- you know what else is interesting? I actually just, this just clicked in my head just now too, is like, when I think about NFTs, I think about like cryptocurrency and I think about like the truest form of a cryptocurrency is, and like, it shouldn't be in a walled garden. Yeah. And like one of the things about Top Shot is like you have to sell it on their website and you get like their currency, which is Dapper, Dapper Lab dollars or whatever they're called. And it's like, that's not what this is supposed to be. And I don't, I hate being like the like truther, like it has to be like, this is the way it's supposed to be or whatever. But like, that's not what crypto is. So like the yeah. idea of a walled garden for buying and selling doesn't do it for me. Like if I can't, sell it on like open sea or like whatever, like, I don't know. It, it just, it just feels not authentic. I think that's, that's how I feel about it too. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm definitely going to be following it. I'm definitely learning more about NFTs because it's definitely a world I don't really know anything about. I'm only just now getting into cryptocurrency, um, which also is fascinating. I've been reading books about it and trying to just educate myself a little bit on what crypto is and what the, what the point of it all is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a, a fun journey to be on just trying to learn something completely new and probably a technology that you know defines our generation in in, in some ways and so um super interesting man yeah yeah well i'll uh i'll let you get out of here that's a great place to kind of end this conversation i really appreciate you joining man this was you know talking to other people who are thinking about all these different things and uh, coming on here and talking about, it, I think is going to be hopefully valuable to the people listening to it. And I just want to thank you for taking the time out, you know, to talk to me today and please plug any channels that you got. Uh, and, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I care about is card talk. Card talk is the, it's, uh, been a very funny journey for me as, especially I think if you knew me a year ago, and you saw me in the office at work and I was literally like, don't put me in any vlogs. It makes me like, it used to make me nervous, like being on video, which is like so counterintuitive to like, do you know who you work for? And like, <laughs> and like, um, to now being able to do this podcast every week with Ryan, who's like the best and Tyler, who's all like, I, like, I love those two guys so much. And the podcast has been so fun. So please listen to car talk. Um, thank you for having me. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, everyone. Give uh, give me a follow at The Slap Talk on Instagram. Please like, rate, and review it on podcasts. Hit the subscribe button, the bell icon, all of it. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Thanks again and have a good day.